Hello, I'm Richard Herring. You're about to listen to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. It's free. I hope you enjoy it. If you wish to give us some money back, you can download a video version of this podcast where you can see as well as hear. Just go to www.gofasterstripe.com slash rhlstp5, the number five, and you'll be able to download this series. You'll also get the opportunity there to just donate some money by buying a badge, either by paying a one-off payment or pay monthly if you really want to help us fund other comedy. You can come and see me on tour at richardherring.com slash gigs. You can find out all about that. Uh, but hey, enough. We don't want to just publicise stuff. We want to listen to funny people uh, talking shit. And I'm going to do loads of adverts during the show anyway. So enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has just had his towel nicked at the swimming pool. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Thank you. Hello, thank you very much. Hope it's recording already. Leicester, 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 that's the audience. Hello, welcome to uh, the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, I'm Richard Herring. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahelastapur. Hey, oh, you're good. It's, uh, it's a smallish audience today, but they're very enthusiastic in a slightly sarcastic way. I thought that was slight, very slightly sarcastic. I've just been swimming. You can tell, can't you, from the glow uh, that's coming off me. Uh, but yeah, I could. I saw. Weirdly, I had a premonition about having my towel stolen because it's all the. It's not my own towel, but you know, it's the one they gave me when I went in. And uh, I was thinking, what? How can I stop this being stolen today for some reason? And then I saw a woman take it, and I was at the other end of the pool, and I was trying to swim to it. But then she dried her whole body with it. <laughs> didn't I? Didn't really want it then. But I've, I was just wishing there was some way you could like put a little note saying I've spunked up on this towel or something. <laughs> but that might actually encourage some people to, to steal them. Because I've got very obsessive about the swimming pool recently. Uh, I, I'm kind of annoyed. I'm quite annoyed when people... Keep it down. Uh, I'm trying to work up here. Uh, I'm trying to... Uh, I, went, I, I get annoyed when people go in the wrong lanes. There's some slow, medium and fast. But that is not... You're not always slow, medium and fast. You have to make a judgment on your swimming speed based on who is already in the pool. It's not, you can't go, well, I'm a fast swimmer. Because what if Rebecca Adlington and all the Olympic squad are in? Suddenly you're a slow swimmer, right? So you judge by then. But also make a sort of judgment based on how many people are in a particular lane, right? So if there are three people in one lane and one person in another, you'd probably go in the one person lane, right? It's just common sense. That isn't how other swimmers are. Drives me insane, and I keep on getting moved. I, I've never seen. I, I keep complaining about this. And then the last time I was in the pool, the woman came. The lifeguard came over to me. I was in the middle lane, and I was there was four people in the slow lane, two people in the middle lane, some really slow people in the fast lane. I got in the middle lane, and then I did one length, and the the lifeguard came over and said, "Can you move into the slow lane?" And I, they never. Do, I'd gone really fast as well, and. And they never do that at any other time. And, uh, and I said, there's four people. And then one of them got out and said, no, there's only three now. So then I, then, then I had to move. It was humiliating. But today, a, a, very, a woman wearing a, like a Victorian swimming costume. Like an all, it was like a middle-aged woman. It might, have been a, she, she didn't, it might have been like a Muslim thing, I guess. I don't think it was, though. But she was wearing like a long swimming costume and a hat and goggles. And then there was two people in the middle lane. She started swimming... Parallel in the wrong direction. I was going. You've got to follow the arrows, madam. <laughs> then she shouted at me like I was. Mad. Oh well, fuck it. <laughs> Sorry, I've you know I've gone off on that, but uh, there'll be more of that. Don't worry. I've, I've, if you read the Metro, you'll find out more about. It. <laughs> uh, so, 
<laughs> you'll find out all about that. Uh, so I just uh, I've been I've got a new uh, radio show on Fubar Radio. Have you all been listening to that? No. <laughs> They're trying to get people to pay to listen to the radio. How ridiculous! What a ridiculous idea. You can, of course, buy badges uh, and pay for this. Uh, if you want as well, go and download the video. Um, oh, in fact, this is, a, this is a good tip for any skin flints out there. I've been touring. I'm doing my show, We're All Going to Die, which uh, there's still quite a few tour dates to come if you want to come and watch that. Um, but I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express uh, in Cambridge the other day. Uh, Ian Holiday Inn is a bit of an idiot because... Uh, <laughs> I noticed, this is a little tip for you if you want free... They say there's no such thing as a free breakfast. There is at the Holiday Inn Express. I've noticed this at everyone. They don't check your room number. They don't even check you're staying at the hotel. You can just wander in, have some free limited amount of cereal, orange juice. There are some Danish pastries and like sausages and bacon and eggs for free. I mean, plus what it costs you to travel to your nearest Holiday Inn Express. You look at me like I'm. That's a really fucking helpful tip. If you live next door to Holiday Inn Express, you never have to pay for breakfast ever again. They might notice you if you're going in, but that, that's uh, <laughs> that's all for that. Uh, and um, yeah, and my show Meaning of Life uh, is. Uh, I think the first one should be out certainly by the time this thing is out. Uh, so do go to uh, Vimeo.com/channels/rhmol or listen on iTunes or the British Comedy Guy for that. That's a, a brand new stand-up and sketch show, and it's free unless you want to pay for a longer version of it, which you can do. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, last week I was talking about Dragons Den, and I knew I had some good ideas for Dragons Den. I'm gonna, that's going to become one of my new emergency questions. Uh, my great idea. This happened at Christmas. We were on a walk at Christmas, and my wife really wants to have a dog. Uh, but we can't really have one in the house and also we've got cats and I don't want to have loads of animals because I just fall in love with them uh, and that's no good I don't want to love other creatures uh, but my, we thought like at Christmas it would be really nice just to be able to hire a dog for the week of like two days or three days at Christmas I thought we could, I could set up a business called A Dog Is Just For Christmas <laughs> and we could hire it out but I had a better idea I could also set up like a Christmas kennels for people who are going away at Christmas, say, yeah, I'll look after your dog. Charge and look after the dog. <laughs> then I could hire out those dogs to other people. Don't even have to have any kennels or dog food or anything. Getting double bubble. So that's my Dragon's Den idea. A dog is just for Christmas. Anyone are you in? 10% for £500,000. What do you think? Yeah, great, brilliant. Uh, we'll, we'll be minted. The problem is, like, people wouldn't... We'd have to change the name to something else, otherwise people would know what was going on. The kennels, they wouldn't... we just have to call the kennels something secret that no-one wouldn't... Yes, yeah, Richard, Richard Herring Kennels. It's going... No, don't tell them what it's called. Anyway, look, uh, you, you seem like an adequate audience. So um, I will... I've, I've been giving you fucking gold here about the swimming. Because it really annoys me in the swimming pool. What really annoys me is when people don't follow the arrows. There's arrows in the lane. I follow those arrows even if I'm the only one in the lane. Because people might get in the lane after you. And sometimes when there's two people and the other person goes, can we split the lane? And you go, just... No! We can't split the lane because what if a third person then gets in? I'm doing backstroke the wrong way. They get in, it's, it could be a disaster. You don't seem as convinced as me about that. <laughs> So I always say no, because I you know, go, oh, I like to swing, swim widths instead of lengths. Is that all right? No, it's not. I like to swim diagonally across the pool. No, obey the fucking rules. <laughs> Annoying. And don't steal my towel. Uh, and look, well, we've got uh, fantastic... I'm going to sit down now. We've got uh, fantastic uh, a pairing. That's why there's two, two chairs here, and that's why I, I'm on the inferior... <laughs> 
red, they, they said, oh, there's a really big red chair at the back of the theatre. Would you like that? This isn't it, by the way. It's a different one. I said, oh, that sounds good. It's a grand chair. Then they came back in again and said, oh, by the way, it's a rocking chair. Would that be, <laughs> would that be problematic? I said, that probably would be problematic. If it's a high-backed armchair, that would be ideal. But I'll, I'll get... When we've made enough money, I'll buy a high-backed armchair. A little toilet mat. No, no, as it occurs to me, fans in today. So, um... My first guest today, of, and well, for, you know, for people at home, this is just one podcast. It's a kind of uh, internet podcast special, uh, really, this, this, this next two episodes. Uh, people who are pioneers in podcasting. Uh, my first two guests uh, this week are probably best known. One of them is best known for writing the index of a book about the Marlebone Cricket Club. Uh, and the other one is best known for being the gadgets correspondent of British Forces News. <laughs> And they have both written for Keith Lemon's Lemonade. I mean, I'm just amazed any of that was written. Any of that's... <laughs> None of this is written. What we're doing is not written. Right? This, all of Rich James' Let's Square Theatre podcast is unwritten, if, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Keith Lemon's Lemonade. Uh, will you please welcome Helen Zaltzman and Ollie Mann, ladies and gentlemen. Here they are. Yeah, answer me this. Answer me this. Answer me this. Take out your microphone if you if you will, otherwise people will not be able to. It's kind of the first rule of podcasting. I know you're new to this, so um, <laughs> you are winners, of course, of a gold and Can silver. We just end on there. We are winners, yes. winners of yeah. a gold and silver Sony Award. Yeah. Just missing out on that all important and elusive bronze. Yeah. The coveted that's the, what, bronze. That's what everyone's after. So, Alloys. Um, Those are the most precious metals, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are, and also bronze is worth three. So yeah. you've, got, you've got three in total. One plus two equals three. So we're even. Yeah, we are even. We've we, yeah. we equaled up. I did say, uh, in fact, as I was up against uh, you, not literally, for the Sony Award. I love award. how seriously Richard Herring takes the Sony Award for Best seriously. Internet Programme. Like, no one else in the audience even knows who won. Richard. I used yeah, to have my Sony doesn't... Award here. <laughs> I showed it to Stephen Fry. He was very impressed. Oh, yeah. We were yeah. my bronze yeah. Sony Award. Yeah, screw um, BAFTAs. That's the gig he wants. <laughs> yeah. Four Bro- hours of radio industry masturbation. Yeah, it's good. I, I said that if you won in whatever year, or if you won the gold, that I would be bummed, but I would be bummed to death by you, Ollie Man. And tonight this is going to happen. <laughs> and, and you Everybody did. Everybody cover up with a Macintosh or something, because it's going to be hideous. You did win, so I, I've been avoiding you since then. Because I tweeted, I said, yeah, if I win, I thought I was definitely going to win. Because come yeah. on. And then I, believe, uh, <laughs> then I believe you said. After we did win, oh God, why do you insist on rewarding my enemies? <laughs> this is a graceful in defeat. Yes, I, I'm I was overly familiar with the procedure of bombing and how it's initiated. Yeah. But my understanding is yeah. it's not enough just to say, if this happens, I will be bummed. <laughs> my, my understanding is that the, the bummer yeah. has to be willing to be the bummer <laughs> as well. I don't, I don't know if it's possible for a bummy to rape a bummer. Is it? Is that, that would be quite hard to, it would be to, to coerce it you. It would. Coerce and force you. It would have to be some system, maybe, where I got, I got someone else under a blanket and I said, said but maybe I said, there's a gorgeous woman or man, I don't know, Ollie, where, isn't, where isn't your preference is. this the plot of a Serbian film? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just then there's a hole in the blanket and then yeah. I switch places. It's a bit like The Boat That Rocked. <laughs> The, the famous comedy rape uh, 
film. Is that, is that what happens? I haven't watched it. It's well, only like a Jewish well wedding to, night. Well, oh, thanks. It has changed its tone a little bit since Operation Yew Tree. Uh, I'm not sure they'll be showing it, but um, there is a scene where Nick Frost, basically, I think I talked about this last week. I mean, I do talk about it a lot. Uh, but, uh, but Nick Frost tries to uh, trick a girl into being raped by a, a very attractive man, so, you know. That's fine, right? I mean, comedy bombing scenes are few and far between. They are. I mean, I think if, if you're willing to start a new genre in podcast terms, yeah. an audio bombing is fairly easy to organise, I should imagine. Well, I tried to do it with Andrew Collins. That was the whole... That was basically the that Ross and Rachel of the title. Andrew Collins. If, you, if only you'd called that Collins and Herring's <laughs> audio bombing. <laughs> That would have been so appropriate as he well. Never, we never happened. Even, we know we could come back and there's still a ch- Never say never. It still could happen. Uh, but it's interesting that the problem with you is the, the, the bumming, rather than the bumming to death, I would say, would be the, the hard part of that. It's the inevitable result <laughs> of an Ollie Man encounter. Not from what I've heard of his, his very tiny penis. It would be very, very, a, very hard for him to kill me with that. He has a range of dangerous prosthetics, though, like in the film Seven. It's amazing Richard said he doesn't have writers on this show because he obviously has researchers. <laughs> <laughs> I do all my own research uh, with the prosthetics. Uh, so let, well, let's talk about the things I introduced you with rather than bumming. Come and grow up. Sorry. Pathetic. I've got more to ask you about the bumming later. But okay, I'll... we'll come back to yeah, it. Yeah, if we could. <laughs> Incidentally, the whole hole in the blanket thing, yeah. I was imagining more of a sort of Yo Sushi style conveyor belt <laughs> affair. Yeah. Oh, with bums. With, with Michi Messant at one end. Okay. And a parade of bums reversing into right. it. Of which you'd be just one. <laughs> I was imagining... Do the bums go through? Are they... Do the, are you, are the bums like no, Somebody doesn't know anything about bumming. Uh, look at it. <laughs> the guy hasn't got a clue. Where do the bums on the conveyor belt go once you've bummed them? They would, is you, it going to stack, stack up? up? And then you pay. Or do they go... Do they go... <laughs> a moral price. I was imagining more... Um, you know how uh, the Minotaur was conceived because the... Uh, Queen yes, of I do. Yeah, no, you were there. Was well, it the, the Sony Awards, 2011? <laughs> that would have brightened things up. Um, it, the, the Queen of Crete was encased in the... the sort of, I think a, Daedalus the sculptor had built her the body of a cow out of bronze, probably. Yeah. And then, because it was her fantasy to be sexed by a bull. So maybe you could be wearing a bronze sculpture of Ollie's girlfriend and then Ollie would yeah. be more willing to bomb you to death. Maybe. But it sounds like he doesn't bum his girlfriend, is what, I'm, is what I've picked up already from the... From the whole conveyor belt yeah. scenario. Well, just, yeah, no, you don't know much about bumming, that's what I... Well, it's been very edifying, hasn't it? Yeah. Whereas I know an awful lot about it, if you want any <laughs> tips. And being bummed. Actually, one of, the, one of the Brit comedy things someone pointed out the other day, um, which, there, you are not, there's a Brit com confessions, which neither of you are in, which, where comedy fans reveal their sexual fantasies about That doesn't enormously surprise people. me. I'm a slightly surprised, because usually any double act... It is often two men that they... I think there's, I think there's a this lot... Is, he's being nice now. This is what he tweeted as well. I said I'd return to this subject. <laughs> Ollie Man is so hideous, even a pervert wouldn't fuck him. <laughs> and then he envisaged a situation where you were being bummed by my brother. And... Uh, <laughs> Just to be clear about this, it's not like we're showbiz mates, like, because we both do podcasts, you know, hang around down the pub, and he's like, oh yeah, he's so hideous, even a pervert wouldn't fuck him. Never met him. (laughs) Never met him, and he tweeted that. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember watching Richard Herring on the telly when I was a kid, I thought he was great. (laughs) That wasn't me, that was the character Richard Herring, who is not... Very... I was very angry that Andrew Collins stopped doing the Collins and Herring podcast, mainly because we were catching you up in numbers of podcasts, 
and about to overtake you. Whereas now and history we will always show yeah. you to be inferior. It will, yeah. So oh, I'm very right. angry with him because of that. Well, you, it kind of it, it made me feel, in a way, flattered that on Good. some level, the, the comedy character Richard Herring yeah. was in some way vulnerable, <laughs> was in some way jealous of what we'd achieved from Helen's sitting room. So we do a podcast from Helen's sitting room yeah. with no money, no reputation, no representation, and Richard decides that we are his mortal enemies. <laughs> There's Jimmy Carr in the world. I know, but that's what's the fun in not hating him. What's it's the fun, fun to, in It's fun him? to make enemies of two very nice people. <laughs> that's, what I, that's the way I feel. But Let's... I was kind of flattered. I was kind of flattered. Yeah, you should be flattered. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah in a violating nice. sort of way. saying you were hideously ugly. Yeah. You're much better looking in real life than you seem on the photos. Or in, <laughs> or in audio form. Yeah. You're quite nice looking. Yeah. That's why I'm surprised there's no Britcom thing. But the one, the one, the, the Brit Comedy Convention were all about me and Stu is someone saying they like to imagine me and Stu having sex with each other and they imagine that Stu is on top. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then someone said, that's a bit unfair to Richard. And uh, I said, there is no way that I'd want to put my penis in Stuart Lee's raddled anus. Uh, so... It's one for the DVD box, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> so I'd happily... Yeah, who wouldn't want to be bummed by Stuart Lee? Come on. He might pass on some of his comedy... Uh, magic. <laughs> I imagine you would be quite a bossy bottom, though. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I imagine being bummed by Stuart Lee would be quite an intense experience. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. I imagine with you, to be honest, it would be quite. You are imagining it, then. That's yeah. what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's fully clothed and also yeah. jeering. So it's a very subordinate position to be in. Yeah. And it would go on for are... a long time. That's the problem. Yeah. And just be the same thing over yeah. and over again. There'd be no variety in the bumming. And he'd comment on it as it goes along, how I've reacted, how he might have expected me to react, but I haven't (laughs) at this point. You were expecting me to ejaculate, weren't you? But I did not ejaculate, as you expected. (laughs) See what I mean? It's really weird. I used to watch Leon Herring, I was really excited. Here I am on stage with Richard Herring, at the same time having a conversation with him, saying I'm so ugly, even a pervert wouldn't fuck me. It's really weird. You did you... bring it up, though. I know, because it was weird. I, I could... imagine it was just here in my mind for, like, the whole interview. I never mentioned. <laughs> Thing is, I remember that I used to say stuff about you two, but I couldn't remember any of what it was. So <laughs> it's all... Well, it's, it's a good thing gone. you did it in a public forum. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So I could, go, I could go back and listen, but I never do no. go back and listen to anything I do. Probably the best. It was, it was, as I was saying to you, we were, you interviewed me earlier, which is so it's weird, so the tables have turned. I was very polite to you. Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> When uh, with the, the Collins and Heron, Heron was sort of just would say would allow himself to say all the things that any normal person would repress. Mm. Uh, so there was a little, it's the little voice. It's a bit like Me Too from the Me One versus Me Two podcast. <laughs> he says whatever he, he, he's thinking, uh, and so you know it's his fault, not my fault. I would. You never... know that's not a legal defence. <laughs> <laughs> the things he did, <laughs> it could work. It could work. We'll see. Anyway, let's talk about. Um, Let's talk about the ga- being the gadgets correspondent on British Forces news. That's Happily, what, happy that's to what everyone's uh, come here to, t- yeah. to hear about. <laughs> so, how, uh, did that, how did that come about? Well, you see, Richard, I've got a mortgage. Yeah. And um, uh, I genuinely I like technology. Uh, and I was offered the opportunity to be... The, there's no anecdote here, they really. They can't have paid you that much. They can't have paid you enough to pay your mortgage, surely. Uh, I, at one point, Richard, I know yeah. it's hard to imagine, I didn't even have my own radio show. I was, I was you know, on, on Pover Street when it came to podcasting. Yeah. And I was happy to go for that. But... Um, it was good. I watched some of it. It's good. Oh, thank you. You. You, were, you were talking on a... There was a thing that was to stick into mobile phones that was like an old-fashioned phone. 
but turns them into a machine gun because it's for the forces. Well, that was the same. <laughs> that was the awkward thing. I was always like, yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do like because actually it's quite interesting. Actually, if you look at the demographics of people who buy gadgets, interestingly, someone told me this. This may be completely untrue. Apparently, uh, a lot of gay men buy gadgets because more like to have disposable income. Apparently. And a lot of people in the forces buy gadgets for the yeah. same reason. They're away from their family. They want to take gadgets away to them, with them when they go overseas. And so, actually, there is a market for, like, travel stuff, stuff that you can use outdoors and so on. And I was like, that's great, but I don't really want to talk about guns if that's okay. <laughs> but there's no reason that you say it's going to be on the internet afterwards. Like, the last thing you want is someone Googling your name and then you sort of... I'm thinking about, like, Cher in the Turn Back Time video, you know, astride a massive cannon. <laughs> uh, and I just didn't want to do that. Um, and they were, yeah, no, they were very nice. I never had to talk about guns. Although I did talk about once about an app that silences out the sounds of guns <laughs> whilst you're firing a gun. Right. So, but it's, it's for target practice. It's not for shooting <laughs> Afghans with. Um, when, you're, when, you're, when you're using the gun, you put these special headphones, your, your iPhone headphones, on underneath your, your gun headphones, and it plays a little noise. It knows when you're firing the gun, and then you, you don't get deafened. You say that's for practice, but is there a pro version that is for real combat situations? Yeah. And it doesn't have ads on. Yeah. They always get you with a free trial, don't they? And before you know it, you're shooting people. Same thing happens with Love Film. <laughs> well, we've got at least two people from the British Forces who listen to this, so huh? maybe they've... Maybe they've seen. It's, it's unlikely. I think. I mean, because I was on. The, this is the weird thing. Like BFBS. What do the people, the British forces? I suppose they're not always like in the battlefield. I'm sort of imagining them sort of in a trench, going. We must find out about the like, least. Watch out! There's bombs. No, I want to find out about the gadgets. <laughs> Ollie Man's on. What is Ollie Man going to say about the iPhone 4s? <laughs> You're like a forces sweetheart, aren't you? Like the uh, 21st century Betty Grable. I, I prefer to my think of, think of myself as Vera Lynn, but uh, yeah, she's she's alive, being Vera Lynn. So I'm not sure Vera Lynn is the 21st century Vera Lynn, though, in fairness. She's very much the 20th century I Vera Lynn. I've met Vera Lynn. She's a very, very nice lady. I've met Marguerite Patton. It's not well, a contest for all the people you've met. No, good, just mentioning just, well, women you've seen. No, that's very, <laughs> I don't know who that is, though. So she's she's another impressive. bit of wartime totty, oh, okay. basically. She was the woman who used to do the cooking show. She did the first cooking shows in the UK, and it was all about how to make things using rations. Yeah. And she did the whole thing about, like, ho-ho, you may have some potato peat at home, and you may have some Colin the Carrot, and I'll show you a delicious recipe of how to make it at home yourself. And it was all about how to make disgusting food <laughs> from what was available in rations. And I met her, and she was nice. Is she still alive now, or she sadly died? I think she's still alive. Well, that's good. Yeah. She told me that if you're going to juice a kiwi, the best thing to do is put it in the blender with the skin, because you get the roughage. And I thought, a woman in her 90s, she'll know. <laughs> My dad was, uh, uh, my dad, when, because I know Vera Lynn because I, I work, do some work for Scope and she's a patron of Scope as well or helps with this uh, school. And uh, my dad found out I was going to meet her and then he bought a, uh, he said, I've got a, I've got a copy of Vera Lynn's autobiography I bought in a second hand shop. Uh, you know Vera Lynn, can you get it signed for me? And I said, well, no, I don't really know her and you haven't even bought the book. That's like, it's not even a proper sale for her. But then the, the Scope arranged it so my dad met Vera Lynn. Which was very exciting. Did they hit it off? Uh, he was he was all right. I was worried about him being uh, offensive and you know saying the wrong thing, which he often does. In, in an Virulin, way. if we get on, I'm going to bomb you to death. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to books that you buy in charity shops, yeah. I've got a Quentin Crisp memoir, which I got from a charity shop for twenty p, and it was a signed one. Right. You open it up and it said to Jill, Happy Christmas, Quentin Crisp, <laughs> and it well, it didn't look like it was a book signing. It looked like 
he'd given it as a present. <laughs> to a friend. And yeah. she'd given it to Oxfam. So all I could think was she died. And yeah. then the relatives didn't notice it was signed. didn't know who Quentin Crisp was. Yeah. But on the one hand, I'd feel it was exciting to have a collectible with the signature of a dead author. Yeah. On the other hand, when it's dedicated to someone else, a bit sad. Was it Jill with a J or Jill with a G? Do you know someone who'd like it? My sister's called Jill. Okay. I think it's with a J. Yeah, great. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Get Vera Lynn to sign it, can't you, Dad? This is very, very confusing for my sister. <laughs> Would you like this book? I don't really know who Quentin Crisp is. Hasn't he been dead for several years? I still can't... That's what's still really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, and uh, the index of the Marlebone Cricket Club, that's why people have come to see this, yeah. to hear about that, so let's yeah. get that out of the way. Some of my finest work. Well, just I, the index? I think I proofread it as well, Richard. Okay. Yeah, because you don't want any mistakes in such an interesting book. You know. You really don't. Oh, God. It's so dark period of my life. I know Russell Brand came on and talked about having sex with prostitutes and wanking off people when he was on heroin. All I've got is the index of the Marlebone Cricket Club book. Index of a book about the Queen's stamps. That's good. The Queen's no. stamps. The, yeah, the Queen's got a massive stamp collection. Has she? It's she, very she gets di- them for free, though, I bet. She's her, fa- yeah. her face is on them. She is the face of stamps. <laughs> and it, it's been in the family for generations because... They've all been the face of stamps. Yeah. It, Only since 1840 when uh, Roland Hill brought yeah. in the... Uh... History graduate. Thank you. Yeah. Good. That's what I remember from... Uh, the only history I remember is from my O-level, to be honest, and that was my O-level for history. Mostly stamp-based. Yeah, well, a lot of stuff happened in 1840 because it's basically the... Uh... Two, two years before a lot of revolts, Yeah. It? But wasn't the, the, the police force 1840-ish? It was around there, Queen Victoria came to the yeah. throne, wasn't it? So The Victorians got a lot of shit done, Richard. They did. They did. Well, had a lot of time, though. Hmm being Victorians. Why did they have a lot of time? Well, it's a very long reign. <laughs> as, as you know. Yes, I do. No regency or anything. Well, we're, we're the Elizabethan uh, second era is nearly as long now. Yeah, and what have we done? That's true, isn't it? That's oh. who we compare ourselves yeah. with, is the Victorians for the length of time we've had. Well, we've got the internet. Yeah, we did the internet. Look what we're putting on. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Terrible. Mainly bumming-based material. <laughs> And how did you get involved in uh, Keith Lemon's Lemonade and other projects? Well, well actually, actually we, we have no shame about that. That was... Uh, waving money in our faces. Uh, you don't have to be ashamed. I'm not asking you to be ashamed. You're not Stephen Merchant. You don't she- have to take... <laughs> don't think, just don't think I'm bringing something up to take the piss. I'm, inter- I'm genuinely interested. There was something amazing in that show that I'm imagining you haven't seen. I, had, I didn't watch it. In which um, they dress Keith as one of those giant... It's a giant fairground grabber and hover him from the ceiling of the studio and he had to pick things up off the floor. Right. Lemon Drops, the feature was called. Did you <laughs> no, come up with a name? No. We didn't come up with the name, but we did come up with the thing on Celebrity Juice where it, it was Ant and Deck and there was a game involving measuring Ant's forehead. <laughs> I can't remember what they did to Deck. And also, Helen came up with the thing with um, McFly... Um, what's in my McFly? I, yeah. I also came up with a game in which Danny Dyer got hit really hard with a baguette in the Wish stomach. <laughs> and apparently he left a huge red mark. Wow. So I've left my mark. Um, <laughs> but how it came about in answer to your question is yes. that the producer of Celebrity Juice uh, listens to our show right. and uh, asked us if we'd like to come for lunch. That's what happened. That's how it begins. That's how it begins. That's how it begins. Yeah. There's no and such we thing like, as a free lunch. You know what lunch. we'd really like to do? We'd really like to do our own chat show. And we'd really like to do a show that's kind of like Answer Me This, but on TV. And, oh, you produce radio shows as well, don't you? Would you like to produce a radio show with us? And he was like, yeah, would you like to write some knob gags for Fern Cotton? And we were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that. Um, but it was been, it's been good. It's been good to us. He's still working. With, did he work on Celebrity Through the Keyhole? 
No. Good, because that was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Did you see that? Have they asked you to be on it? it? No, they haven't. I do occasionally Rude. get asked to do those kind of things. I think he knows that I don't really uh, care for his work. <laughs> so I have a feeling they wouldn't. I've been, I was asked to do Celebrity Juice by very nice, the very nice first producer of that. Uh-huh. And I said, I can't really... And yet you did that celebrity canoeing show, or whatever it was. Uh, it was rowing. <laughs> rowing. Apologies. Canoeing. Rowing. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, I you went to, in a coracle. I got to. T- I got taught to row by Steve Redgrave, which I would say is better than joking about uh, Holly Willoughby's breasts. Although you I'd, say say that, start, but, yeah. I'd say that was well, a. That was a once thing. you start, you can't stop. We've spent days just writing jokes about Holly Willoughby's tits, <laughs> and it's really fun. <laughs> when you know you're getting paid for it and getting paid per joke, it's great. You can even work out the rate per tit, and that's yeah. fun. <laughs> Also, people treat it like you're doing something really serious and important. Yeah. They're very reverential. Yeah, yeah it is brilliant. Guys, do you need anything? Because uh, we're just going out to do a coffee run. I know you're writing some, some really tough material about Peter Andre's knob, so I mean, if you need anything, <laughs> anything at all to help you with that. No, we're, we're fine since the runner came in ten minutes ago and gave us free sandwiches. Thank you. It's great. It's great. You get treated very well as a writer. Much better. I used to be a TV researcher. Yeah. No one, no one cares when you're a TV researcher. You're the guy doing that. You're the guy getting people the sandwiches. When you're having the sandwiches, got for you. You should go to the Holiday Inn Express any morning. <laughs> Honestly, you can have as much. You could stock up for the whole day. You would never have to do anything for the food again. Well, actually, I've got a, a, little, a little secret about the Holiday Inn Express. Have you, have you been to the one in Salford? Um, yeah, um, I did stay at one in Salford, yeah. But they do check that you're staying there before you're at, allowed at the breakfast buffet, though. Oh, so your, your ruse would be uncovered. Yeah, that's because they're aware. But like, I've stayed at a few where they don't. Definitely the one in Lincoln and definitely the one in Cambridge. Maybe it's just the kind of fen-like areas where they trust. You're like the Edward Snowden of Holiday Inn free buffets. But anyway, Holiday Inn Express Salford. Yeah. If you go back a second or maybe it's third time, I can't remember, and you smile nicely when you get there, free Kit Kat. Wow. Just two fingers, though, not four. <laughs> two fingers and a Kit Kat. That's the kind of material yeah. we'd be writing <laughs> for celebrities. So, yeah, you'd, you'd get the Kit Kat in your room. It's just there. They don't mention it. Right. It's just always there. And I, we saw John Motson, the football commentator there. Because this is really weird. Holiday and Express in Salford is like the holiday into the stars now, because it's next yeah. to the BBC. And Motty was there, and he was having... Do you remember? He was saying to the manager, oh, thanks for getting my Kit Kat, love. <laughs> thanks, thanks for getting me my Kit Kat. Like, he, was, he thought he was special. And yeah. I was like, I've got a Kit Kat, it's not just you. You're, you're from the British Forces yeah. gadget show. They probably recognised you from that. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where you got that. Scott Bennett, Helen, has asked me to ask you, how do you feel about your flat being on BBC Two's Jonathan Mead's documentary on brutalism? Whoa, how did he find that out? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen my flat on there, but <laughs> it's not that brutalist of flats. No. Inside, it's, it's got quite an 80s vibe because there's a pine room divider. That, I don't really know what brutalism is, and I'm sure that many of my viewers don't either, so it's very I'll concrete-y. pretend that I do know, and then yeah. you can say. Yeah, it's angular, it's concrete right. Um, I suppose it, it looks like um, if you'd locked up a blob of concrete and then put people inside. Right. Does that bring any mental images? That's not the kind of place I live, though. Right. Yeah. So why is your flat on the documentary by Jonathan Meads? I don't know. I've not seen the context. <laughs> uh, I, haven't, I haven't watched it and Jonathan Meads standing outside going, look at this shit. <laughs> I can't imagine he got inside your, inside your flat and filmed inside, but no. Maybe, yeah, so. maybe he rang all of the buzzers <laughs> like a Jehovah's Witness. Now, that would be a really interesting take on Through the Keyhole, wouldn't it? You were saying yeah. you weren't keen on the new format. Yeah. What if they just broke into celebrity houses without permission at all. Burgled by Keith Lemon, how yeah. do you feel? But that's almost what he does, that's why I don't like it, because he goes really fiddling into, that's why I would never, I mean, even yeah. if it wasn't Keith Lemon, 
It's it goes into up, your. Richard, it's all gets all your stuff out and puts it's on your pants before, and isn't it? But it's still, you're still it's your still, pants. It's still your, I don't even know if it's your pants. Okay. Is, some, it, is it even your house? I, I don't wonder. know. There could be a production house. Would you it open could. up your house to a TV I group? wouldn't. I was asked to uh, do uh, Celebrity Come Dine With Me. Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah. And you said and, no. Uh, and I said no to that. Did Why? You? Because, uh, well, because it takes five nights to yeah. do it, for a start. <laughs> and they don't really pay you that much. But also, I was working. Mm. So I had, like, I was, I was, you know, I don't have five nights in a row where I'm not doing a gig. Uh, and uh, that'd be awful if that was your night and yeah. the entertainment you'd laid on was you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't you were just cook. doing a stand up gig gave everyone a bit of takeaway. So, yeah. when I did do the one about the rowing the, the one thing I said to them was is there any point you're going to be filming this while we're asleep because uh, that that's as far as I don't want to go you know because A I snore a lot and B I just think that there's sort of the human dignity aspect of it is yeah, quite... It's so actually, vulnerable to sleep. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah? It's funny you mentioning my tiny penis because yes. um, <laughs> the thing that I've always been thinking about is if I ever... This ridiculous thing to even think about. Why do I think about this? <laughs> if I ever got invited onto Big Brother... Yeah. Would I be comfortable in the one where they do have cameras in the bathroom? Because they always say they're not going to use it, don't they? But then if there's an incident in the bathroom... Yeah. I'm sure I saw the outline of Lee Ryan's cock in the last series. Yeah. And I'm sure you that was really justified. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that was justified. And I think the justification was, well, if you put into Google Lee Ryan's cock, you'll get a picture of Lee Ryan's cock. So what difference does it make? It was justified by art. But, yeah, he wouldn't have been asked about that, would he? No. no. I like the fact that you worry about that. <laughs> That you would be in the bathroom doing something interesting enough for your penis to be shown. It just seems, un- it seems quite an unlikely chain of events. That A, you get invited on. Yeah. B, you're in the bathroom. Yeah. C, you've suddenly decided to get off with one of the women on Big Brother for some reason. Yeah. But just seems in case, you're going to wear a boiler suit under all of your clothes <laughs> still, all the time. Still worth having a clause in the contract, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just to be sure. It is worth. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's when... Because that... I thought that was very... I didn't see much of this last series of uh, Big Brother, but it seemed undignified that uh, they were uh, handcuffing Lionel Blair to a bloke and making him... You know, the, like an 80-year-old man or however yeah. old he is being handcuffed to someone else. Mm. There's no dignity to it. Well, I haven't seen it since that woman shoved a wine bottle up her back. Yeah, that was so good. So maybe dignity has uh, been reduced <laughs> since then. But I think she sort of chose to <laughs> allow her dignity. It's not like they go, can you take this wine bottle and insert just, it just in any event? Just any jazz it. <laughs> what was her name? Are you being deliberately Kinga. coy? Kinga. Kinga. If that happened now, there'd be an account for Kinga Snatch, wouldn't there, on Twitter? Yeah, within about ten minutes. Yeah. But after three days, it would not be at all funny. Yeah. That was not an attempt at a wordplay. <laughs> it sounded a bit like I said funny, you see. Oh, funny, funny. Oh, OK, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The vowel was ambiguous, yeah. but not deliberately. Thanks for clarifying. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> so there was a lot of things I could have... We all talk about Answer Me This at some point. Nah. Uh, but Never. there were a lot of things on Ollie. Ollie's got a very professional website. It's quite um, bright, though, isn't it? it? Well, it is. It, it is, but it's it lists all of his... It lists all, it's got, like, you go to a page and it lists... There's boxes of all the different shows he does and you can click on them and see clips whereas your website is lovely I don't want to brag about all of the many amazing things I've done you don't really brag about stuff but it's I don't mainly, work much it's <laughs> mainly about quilts you've made and yeah. furniture you've managed to cobble together did you see uh, there was which is I like that it was better than you know yeah. well, I will talk about it's, it's about my life better than my Womble, website thanks Richard yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well it's more inter- it's interesting you yeah. know, to no, see that side we see the professional side of Ollie Man we don't see any of the personal side whereas the others it's the other way around yeah. There, there was a bit of fake taxidermy on there that I made out of a pair of trousers, a stag's head that's got a, a squeaker in the nose. Did you, did you get <laughs> I that didn't far? See, I didn't get to see that one. I must look up for that. 
Make your own. I will. You made it out of a pair of trousers. Old trousers. And a stag's head. Did you kill a stag and then put... I just covered it in trousers. <laughs> no, I suffocated it with the trousers. Just for the likeness. Yeah. Yeah, it stinks. <laughs> Are you a handicrafter? You don't strike no, me as a No, I'm not. I'm looking no. at the, my hands. Are not, they're You've like got a, dumpy fingers. I've got very dumpy fingers. That, but well, this is a proper fact, if, mm. you, if anyone ever asks right. for this on Answer Be This. Yeah. My hands are the exact same size of shape as Hermione's from Harry Potter's. I love that! Wow. I love I've that. I've put my hands into her handprints. Exa- and that is kind of horrifying. The, the idea that her hands are that stumpy on... I mean, she looks like quite a, you know... A, elfin. Yeah, elfin. And then, and then these stumpy also, kind of dwarf many, many hobbit hands on the end of it. And they're, they're, that thick, they're that thick and the fingers... It was exact. Are, are concrete exactly. ones exact, though? Is there not a bit of room for getting your hand out of the well, solidifying it, concrete? It absolutely, completely filled it like I was like sort you, of Harrison Ford in that thing on the other side. <laughs> and yet... Amazingly, you know, many, many, many men have fantasised about Emma Watson giving them a hand job. Yeah, well, I, d- I did got exactly that. Hand- I do a joke in the show, so in one of my shows, saying that you know, if you close your eyes, I could travel the country, providing a different service. Yeah, for, for the adult, it's the same size as the adult Hermione. I'm not going to wank off blokes who want to be wanked off by the child Hermione. I'm not not catering for perverts, just normal blokes who want to be wanked off by a man with the same size hands. <laughs> well, close. <laughs> It's more sellable than mine, though, because yeah. my hand double is the 16th century poet John Donne. <laughs> is it? If you, if you look at a portrait of John Donne, exactly the same fingers. <laughs> Long fingers. There's a picture of him holding a book, and yeah. it's exactly the same. Wow. Yeah. I like John Donne. Busy old fool, unruly son, why dost thou... Can't remember the rest of it. <laughs> more, more yeah, I knew I one of them quite... I, knew you say, I did it for A. I did John Donne for A-level, so I used to know quite a lot of those poems. Mm. But I'll, we'll come back to that later. It's, like this, it's a very... Uh, I like this podcast, it's going well. Got on to John Dunn and wanking off blokes. That, that's probably never happened. Someone's talked about Hermione from Harry Potter wanking off blokes, and then that reminds me of John Dunn. Yeah. I did in my finals, and I failed. Did you? Yeah. He's no. good, I liked him. Well, he, well, John Dunn is an interesting man, because he started off writing very bawdy, and, you know, there's a great one about uh, flea biting, uh, this flea's already bitten me and it's bitten you, so our blood is already entwined together, so we might as well have a shag. Mm. Uh, and then he becomes very religious at the end after uh, Quite his often wife happens, does. doesn't yeah, it? Just it I does. think their urges are bait. Yeah. It's like WB Yeats as well. He stops being so angry because yeah. he's sublimated his body, and then he's like, oh, but actually I'm trapped in this body and I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm getting there myself. St. Augustine as well. Really? God give me uh, ch- ch- was it? God give me chastity. Is anyone still in the room? <laughs> I'd say what I like about this podcast is we can go in any direction yeah, we yeah, want yeah. to go. We don't have to. It doesn't have to be about bumming. It can be but about as long as John Dunn wrote things about bumming. We can he, talk about. He them, probably right? did. I'm thinking. I reckon he did. I, I reckon he definitely bummed. Something. It wouldn't have been called that, would it? <laughs> no. John Dunn's bum fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, no. Now it might. But yeah, when, when, every, when every bum someone at the end, he'd go, I'm done. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but you see, this is why modern authors wouldn't have this conversion which you're talking about, whereas they get older, they seem more sophisticated, actually. Kind of because of the internet and because we all feel we need to know about people's sex lives or we have access to that information, it seems to me like, actually, people who start quite serious now end up being very based, like Harold Pinter. Yeah. You know, serious, well, Jermaine serious work. Jermaine Greer, yeah. Big Brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And write, and write books being like, oh, I quite like 14-year-old boys. They're hot, aren't they? Weird. <laughs> you know, starting quite high-minded. Was that her or you, the 14-year-old? 
that was, oh, that was Jermaine. That, that was, was me channeling Jermaine. Is that was right. <laughs> it was good. Just checking. So, Ollie Mann, you one of the many things that I've seen. Well, a couple of exciting things. You have just been on the Alan Titchmar show today. This is like a really shit version of This Is Your Life, isn't it? <laughs> this <laughs> is your day. He came on and said, he came and said, I've just been on the Alan Titchmar show, Titchmar show discussing uh, the North-South divide. Yeah. And I said, I've just watched a clip of you on the Alan Titchmar show from five years ago yeah. discussing the North-South divide with uh, Boris Johnson's sister. That's right, yeah. Had yeah. your opinions changed much? I think the thing about the Alan Titchmarsh show uh, and all ITV daytime programming is that actually... As a political forum, um, never better. Uh, you could effectively show the same episode every day yeah, because like a, a large proportion of the audience aren't in control of the remote because in care homes <laughs> you can't be, can you? Um, uh, <laughs> no, they, 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 you know, it's a relevant discussion, Richard, the North-South divide. It is. Think it's one worth having every five years. <laughs> the same, was, it, was, it, was Boris Johnson's sister there again, or was it different No, people? I was up against, actually, this really great guy um, whose name escapes me. Uh, wow, anyway, you just I, met him this afternoon. I met him this afternoon. He's got, a, like, an alliterative name, like Pete Phillips or something. It's awful that I can't remember his name. But anyway, he's a, he's a legend of late-night Liverpool radio. Okay. He, does anyone here know who I'm talking about? He does an overnight show in Liverpool. Pete Price, there we go, thank you. It's uh, very good, this audience, well done. Very good. Um, that Pete... was Pete Price there, that shang there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I meant something to you, Ollie, you forgot so soon. Uh, he was a dude, so it was great to meet him, yeah. actually. And, that's the and thing then about... immediately forget his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. I do an overnight show myself now, yeah. so this is a weird... I normally wake up at 2pm and don't start work till 10.30pm, so yeah. this is a weird... I've already done two bits of work, if you can call this work. Uh, yeah. So that's no, why I'm being a bit fried. But, uh, yeah, no, he was... Uh, I don't know. Did anything Who funny won? happen? Who won? I can't tell you because it was better? a pre-record. Oh. Was, <laughs> it doesn't happen till Friday. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, actually, this show doesn't go out there. Okay, I won. You won. Good. I won, yeah. <laughs> Did Alan Titchmarsh decide? You have won. <laughs> the audience decide. They're all given paddles. Oh, are they? Yeah, and they get to vote for which... I was yellow for some reason. He was blue. And what were you arguing? I was... Uh, do we, we have argue, to talk about this? Are, yeah. Okay. I was arguing that the South <laughs> is better than the North. Okay. But, no, let's not do it here. We're not on ITV now. <laughs> and this, this show was in London, and they asked the audience to vote on who was right. <laughs> Which, I, I agree, seems loaded. <laughs> but you, you have to remember, I think most of the audience probably are northern on telly, and of course Alan himself is northern, and they yeah. love Alan. So it's not as simple as it seems. Yeah, it I was, you know, is it going to be 50-50? <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Um, I was really worried, actually. This is why I went and got this suit. This suit took a lot of thinking, believe it or not. Okay. Um, because um, I was like, I want something that looks kind of traditional. That's why I went for wool. Because I've realised this, Richard. I've, you probably realise this. Telly is all about how you look, right? It's not about what you're saying. It's the opposite of radio and podcasting, which is all about thinking a thing, saying it, the audience hear it, and then they react. Telly is just about how you look. So after I've been on TV, all I get is tweets saying, oh, you look a bit fat in that. I can see your bald spot. Uh, where do you get your watch from? That's it. Nothing about think, what I've said. Do you think that wearing a wool suit will stop them pointing out there? No, what I, what I want them to... Just to cover up his bald spot. <laughs> I see it's not on your head. No, what I want... It's his knee. Don't what... look. Don't look. <laughs> no, what I want them to say is, I like your suit, because yeah. then they're saying that rather than, oh, uh, you're so ugly a pervert wouldn't even fuck you, for yeah. example. Yeah. So... I, I, I thought I'd go and get a new suit for this and it was quite a difficult process because I thought I want something that looks traditional because yeah. I'm aware how they were pigeonholing me they wanted me to come on and be like the posh guy from the south of England up yeah. against Pete Price from, from Scouse World <laughs> and I thought what they want things they, they chose pretty well <laughs> uh, they, they made a good choice I thought, I thought what they want is for me to be Katie Hopkins basically yeah. 
They want yeah. me to go on and be a... Right? You can say it. I know I can say cunt on a podcast, but it doesn't feel right. <laughs> still doesn't feel right, that word, does it? But they did. They wanted me to yeah. go on and do that. And I thought, I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to go on and I'm going to look like a nice man you'd be happy if your daughter brought home. Yeah. And I'm going to say unpalatable I would, things. I wouldn't be happy. I'd say, you've brought home a man that even a pervert wouldn't fucking so, no. <laughs> so, no. so that's what I was aiming for with the suit. But then I was like, tweed would be too far in the yeah. um, Brian Sewell sort of direction, you know. Yeah. So I went for red... But see, as Whoa. someone who does do quite a lot of these opinion-ish kind of shows, mm. wouldn't you still think it'd be a good idea for, for you to pretend to be uh, outrageous like Katie Hopkins is doing yeah. in order to get more work? Yes, I think it would. But that's when you've got to make the decision about your own morality, isn't it? <laughs> that comes back to the come dine with me decision, doesn't it? It does. I've, you see, now, I've met Katie Hopkins in green rooms. She's perfectly pleasant in real life. She's acting. She's like, I know what they want me to do. They want yeah. me to go on and say everyone on benefits is a terrible person. Um, and everyone who suffers <laughs> brings it upon themselves <laughs> and uh, divorced families shouldn't have any money from the state and I'm not even sure she really believes those she things de- definitely she's doesn't. playing a circus pantomime villain yeah. I don't want to do that that's not why we started a podcast so that we have to pretend about what we think hmm. so it's difficult isn't it I have lied the whole time though all seven years we've been doing the podcast just pretended to be my friend <laughs> <laughs> and you've also been on the Lorraine show <laughs> I was. I did that. I did that job. Though I did a job. I was for a little while. I was on the Lorraine show in the mm. early two thousands. Oh yeah, and then I got sacked. What were you? What was your job on it? Well, I had to go on and do talk about funny things because I did. She did a Sky one, then she, and then I got promoted. I did the Sky one and was funny a couple mm. of times. Mm. I was on with Katie Price, and uh, we were meant to be talking about what. I was meant to say what annoyed me about women. She was meant to say what annoyed about men. Mm-hmm. Mine were all sort of jokey, you know, stupid ones. Yeah, and she said, I don't like it when they have sex with you and then they don't phone you. <laughs> it was just absolutely I was doing quite ribald funny stuff yeah. and the camera were laughing and then she was just doing these tragic things yeah. but luckily I was funny <laughs> and, uh, and then she went on to do quite well afterwards it was before she became uh, famous again uh, and uh, then I went on the ITV one I did a couple of those and then I was doing Christmas gift ideas and they'd given me all these Christmas up they were all sort of twee Christmas right. gifts. Like I assume ki- that you're not actually an expert then, no, in uh, not. the choosing of Christmas so, gifts. So they gave me lots of kitsch things. One of them was some mittens that you could hold hands with. So I, was holding, I really liked Lorraine Kelly. I was holding hands with her through these shared mittens and I was mm. just going, oh, this is exciting. Mm. And then they had a snow That was glo- probably the moment where she was like, don't book this guy again. She was a little, a little bit. But then the moment that got me into... Because I was meant to be going back the next week. I'd been called in again yeah. uh, for the Friday and I was meant to be back on Friday. And there was a snow globe, which was Joseph with Jesus on his back. And it was a snow globe. <laughs> And I said, that's a nice gift for anyone whose you know, dad isn't their real dad. Who's, uh, <laughs> you can... <laughs> and that, that apparently yeah. was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. It's, it's difficult for because... 9.30 on ITV. <laughs> they have to know somehow. Because sometimes you, you, they, they actually try... Sometimes on daytime TV they tell you what to say mm. as well as just... We booked you because we think you're funny and interesting. Come on and do this thing. You think there'd be trust there. And usually there is. But sometimes you'll get... And what it is, is it's because the researchers are all nervous because they'll get fired if something bad happens. You know, you just won't be asked on again, but the researcher will get fired. Yeah, yeah. And I remember once someone came up to me and I was doing a paper review and they came up to me and said, um, yeah, we'd like to touch on the story of uh, all the tourists trapped in the airport in Sharm el-Sheikh. Uh, and, uh, I mean, obviously, we think that's bad. <laughs> What do you think I'm going to go on and say? 
<laughs> oh, it's so much fun being in an airport, isn't it? You can kill so much time there. You've got the internet you can pay for. You can pretend to get into the business class lounge. I mean, what do you think I'm going to say? Uh, so, yeah, I think sometimes they can be a bit overprotective. And yeah. it's, it's because of people like you, Richard. It is. With wisecracks like I that. I was pretty... Well, they liked yeah. me until then, and then suddenly that was it. I was cut, I was cut out. Maybe um, they just thought you'd reached the pinnacle of anything anyone could say on the <laughs> morning TV. <laughs> Maybe. So let's... We, look, we're getting on. I haven't even asked you any emergency questions. That's how good you're being. Uh, so um, I'll ask you about Answer Me This. My first question about Answer Me This is, is Martin the Sound Man a ghost? <laughs> He's in the room right now. Why does he... But, why uh, does he, is he, is he, is he does he... Or t- is he? Is it, oh, he's here. Does he... He's waving. That, yeah, that, there. That's when he good speaks. on an audio show, waving. <laughs> well done, Martin. When nice. he speaks, his voice is all like, Ooh, hello, yeah. I'm Martin. Ooh. Yeah. I just yeah. wondered if he was... Is he could still be dead. That it's, could be yeah. a ghost. It's a birth defect. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, we don't talk about the reverb. Yeah. First rule of reverb is you don't talk about the reverb. You're talking about it now, Ollie. I'm but uncomfortable with it. It's just because we're on a podcast talking about podcasting, I think we can make an exception okay. on this occasion. We just thought it was funny in episode one. <laughs> That's it. That's why he has a reverb. That's it. Is, it. it sort of makes it sound like it's in a studio, because that's what, in a studio, that's what happened. The guy will, you know, the mm. guy who's not in the studio will say hello, and then it will come through on reverb. Yeah, whereas... But you're not in a studio, you're no, in your house. we're in my living room. He's about two feet away from us. Sometimes his voice sounds different because his teeth are slightly glued together by chocolate eclair. <laughs> It I also like him, he's the best one on it. I'm going to get he, him on. He kind of is the best one on it. He is. And, and actually, he, he definitely talks the most sense on it. Um, and, and when we're editing it, it gives me an excuse to say to Helen, it's just like, yeah, I think you should cut a bit more of Martin because, you know, too much reverb, hard to listen to. <laughs> when I actually, I'm just like, get off my toes, sound man. And you have got, you have married Martin, yeah, the sound man. I, I am married to him. Wow. You look suspicious. I'm not, you know. It was purely a business arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> did you fall in love on the podcast or did you know each other before the we, podcast? We were already a couple, uh, and then he knew how to use microphones, so we got him on the podcast okay. instead of learning to do that ourselves. It would be nice if you were just—he was just the guy there, and then yeah. just increasingly you were edging, edging well, Ollie the third out. Wheel. <laughs> that would be nice. That again would be a more commercial story, wouldn't it? That would be the oh, Casey sorry, Hopkins of podcast sorry for, marriages. For not throwing my private life yeah. open to get your story. <laughs> but that's it. You know, and he's, he's taken half of your name. Is that yeah, right? he's now Martin Zoltz Ostwick, yeah. whereas he was previously without the Zoltz. Do, do we not attempt to do it the other way around? Because then it would be A to Z rather than Z to A. I just... <laughs> Which would be cool, wouldn't it? Ost, Zoltz, yeah. We, I we haven't, could put it all together. I've not made a decision yet about my name, so Maybe I'm up not. for suggestions. Okay, I think you're definitely A to Z. Did your wife take your name? Uh, she has done in uh, our private life, but in, <laughs> in the public world. You call her one. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> She, uh, she's, her passport is Herring because uh, what a great name why wouldn't you want to be called it is a great I name. don't know tell, tell us how your C, school days were and C, then we'll decide C Herring that's her, that's are, you, her. are you funny about um, puns with the word Herring in like Richard Bacon is about bacon I don't mind I do, I, uh, it doesn't come up that much occasionally it does I used to at school and stuff but it, my dad was my headmaster so that was more what I got teased about at mm. school but I do in my current show I'm doing a, I do a, a big routine about when I die how Steve Bennett from Chortle is going to make <laughs> a fish based pun depending on my death but if someone said to you we've got a great idea for an ITV chat yeah. <laughs> it's hosted by you. It's called Pickled Herring. Yeah. Would you be like, oh, I'm not sure about that? I or you genuinely just go with was it? asked in the 1990s oh, really? to front a <laughs> Channel 5 show about fishing. <laughs> and again, you said no. <laughs> I said no. Have you ever been asked to put your name to a range of roll mops? No. But once, 
Once when I was in a supermarket, a man, a, a, an old man approached me le- with his hand towards my face going, herring, herring, herring. <laughs> and then he literally le- went behind my ear and then picked a jar of herring off. Uh, yeah. That's weird. What so are the was, odds? That was, it was fucking freaky. Did, did he ask you to sign it? <laughs> no, he'd had no he, 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 I genuinely had no idea who I was. If an old guy approached me going, man, 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 I think I'd be legitimately freaked out and by then that. then picked a man. Oh, I wish my surname was a noun. It sounds like so much fun. <laughs> but Richard Bacon's really funny about it. Is he? Does he yeah. not like it? He, when Five Live started his podcast, they called it Bacon Bits. Right. For and about two weeks. he insisted they changed it. Yeah. It was up. It was on the internet. It was on iTunes. Insisted they changed it. Can't handle it. Your name's Bacon, you've got to handle it, I it's think. It's a bit... Well, like, someone on Twitter that I saw... Because I searched myself on Twitter, so people say this is a vanity search, but it really isn't, because you just find out horrible things. Uh, but uh, someone said Richard Herring's name is essentially Dick Fish. Uh, and then I point... And I... And he, you know, he hadn't added me in, so you shouldn't really reply, but I did. And I said, really, my name is Dick Herring, if you think about it, which is... But I'd never spotted them. Weird. Then he said, oh, that's a yeah, yeah. And then I said, I'd never spotted that myself. But Michael McIntyre, when I first time I met Michael McIntyre, he that was his Dick observation about Dick Herring. Yeah. So, you know, he's very sharp, Michael McIntyre. I've got, I've got You'd my... think, if you, who would you have thought would come up with the pun Dick Herring, me or Michael McIntyre? <laughs> me having lived my whole life with this name <laughs> and not spotted that. Yeah. I've got a cookbook from the early 60s, which is full of recipes to compel a man to marry you, essentially. Yeah. And one of them is a herring recipe, and it's saying, maybe he'll put together herring and her ring. Oh, right. Oh. But that there probably was a sexual uh, <laughs> There might have been a double, double thing on that. Yeah, you never know. Uh, so let, let's... Because let, that went a bit weird. Uh, that, let's, uh, let's ask an emergency question. It was well, my fault for going... Was that your one question about answer me this? Does Martin have yeah. a... Is, is he, he a ghost? ghost? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Seriously. Seven years. Seven years we've been doing this podcast. Longer that's than you've I, been podcasting. That's, that's all I wanted to know. To ask that's all I wanted to know about. And then I saw he's over there. No, it's really he's important. Go- he's gone. <laughs> he was there, wasn't he? Oh, Martin but- died 20 years ago. I don't generally talk about people's most uh, famous work. Right, okay. You know, with you, it yeah. obviously means I have to go quite, go quite deep. deep. <laughs> I should ask some emergency questions. If you had to choose between having a, a tit that dispensed talcum powder, this is to both of you, so dry. or a, a finger that could travel through time, which would you choose? And you can ask any auxiliary questions. Just, just the finger, though, so you don't just, know yeah. what the finger gets up to in your absence. You can, you can look through and you can feel. You'll okay. still be able to feel. So it'll right. make a wormhole. Uh, you can, for you, you might be able to get your tiny penis through there as well. <laughs> Uh, so it's good we've got that established as a callback. <laughs> isn't could, it? could you change Ollie's to time travelling penis or talcum too? Well, I, I have thought about making it about a time travelling penis anyway, because that would be more. You know, you could have more fun. Basically, if you had a time, this is an auxiliary question. It could be an adult if, swim cartoon, couldn't it? Time travelling penis. <laughs> you could. You could. Who would you have sex with if you if you had a time travelling penis, Ollie, or a time travelling? Vagina or a time travelling penis, Ellen. You could oh. feel it as if you were there. Yeah, yeah. So you'd be, it would go through a wormhole and then into Vera Lynn. The, in the, in yeah. all these cases. the young Vera Lynn. You don't have to travel through time. It's, it's a genital drone, basically, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like doing my British Horses gadget correspondence. <laughs> so if I had a genital drone, who yeah. would I go for? That can travel through time. That could travel through time. Who would you go for? I don't know. It's very hard. I did see someone. I think Queen Elizabeth I. Sorry, I just had to. Queen, Queen Elizabeth I. Yes. Well, you've you've bagsied her. No one else can have her. Because uh, probably... well, of the virginity, because that's why. Partly that? Yeah. Partly because sure. I could wipe it on the rough.
I also want to know if there's a hashtag in white-faced facial, but I don't know. Uh, I once saw, I, can't, I don't know who it was, but I once saw a very attractive woman in a 16th century uh, oil painting who I did quite fancy. And then you, but then you, you know, because of the unbridgeable chasm of time, mm. that's a that's the that's a cursed love, isn't it? So yeah. I'd go back and find a real one of her. Yeah, but you have you'd have to turn your penis into a painting of a penis, maybe, <laughs> and then juxtapose them. What, what which you, you could saying? do now. Are you saying I'm not saying I want to have sex with the painting, <laughs> and That's if not... I did want to have sex with the painting, I would use my own penis rather than drawing. <laughs> Do you get the thing where <clears throat> there's a famous bit of footage of someone, yeah. and because it gets shown a lot and you get older, yeah. you're then the same age as that person and then older than that yeah. person each time you see it, and suddenly you go from being not at all interested to actually, yeah, I would. Yeah. Have you had that? Uh, I can't think exactly of that, but I do. I, I had that exactly Movie the other video. day. Was, it, was, was that when they were showing footage of Shirley Temple after she died? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was at Mandela's funeral, and I was just thinking... <laughs> It was, no, it was, um, no, no, it wasn't that. Um, it, it was uh, Rebecca Wade. Rebecca Wade, who, who, when I see pictures of her now, I don't fancy her. Yeah. But when you see that picture of her and she's in the newsroom, you know, when she's there with Andy Coulson and they're using that really old computer in the News of the World newsroom, which gets shown yeah. all the time. When I was the age that was happening, I was about 10. Yeah. But now I look at that picture and I think, that's quite fancy Rebecca Wade so, when she was 27 and the editor kind of like the, the, uh, the redhead ladies. Who are powerful. Yeah. In the powerful redheads. Redhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, her and Queen Elizabeth. Would you get her to wear a ruff? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think I would. Is there anyone you'd like to have sex with from history? If you, you know, if your husband sadly died, I don't think it counts as. uh, I don't think it actually counts as cheating because if it's is it on the free five list? As long as it's back beyond, it can't go back to some time within your marriage or your relationship. That would be cheating. But if you've gone back any time before that then you can't really say, yeah, sorry, I fucked someone in 1873. <laughs> but that was before you were alive. So I think Before that we is... got together, certainly. Yeah, exactly. I so. think the trouble is that just you're running a high risk of getting syphilis, yeah. aren't you, if you do any historical... But you can body. treat that now, so it's all right. If anything, you're risking giving them AIDS, which they don't have. Yeah, right. I and am. they really Thank can't you. treat yeah, it. Yeah, I am. <laughs> That's, they're more at risk than you are, that's yeah. what I'm saying, because you, know, you can treat everything they can give you... What would happen in a film is that the time-travelling mechanism went wrong and your genitals were stuck in the past <laughs> and they couldn't find their way home. What I would you do? There is a brilliant conspiracy thriller, isn't there, where Queen Elizabeth I dies of AIDS. <laughs> completely changed the course of history and how she's seen. <laughs> because you have bummed her. It's, all, it's almost worth doing. <laughs> it's almost worth injecting yourself with AIDS <laughs> and inventing time travel for your penis. It's almost worth it. It's almost worth it. So, in answer to my previous more se- serious question... Time-travelling fingers, please. The, uh, no, the tit-talcal thing. Oh, oh tit-talc we so have t- t- tal- So, you get a limited what? amount of talcum powder. But what's, it, what's talcum powder useful for nowadays, apart from when you're at a murder mystery making your hair grey? <laughs> tell uh, you what, they're guaranteed booking on Lorraine with that, aren't you, Richard? <laughs> if you want to find your way back on, yeah. I've got a breast that dispenses uh, yeah. bathroom product is a guaranteed... Jenny Eclair wanted the, the talc. I think as you're an older woman, it maybe becomes more useful. Right, yeah. But if you have babies... They can that's a, they save a you lot could of money. You just buy it though. Well, you know, but how much does some talc cost? Probably 50p to a pound. Yeah, but how much does time travelling cost? But they, yeah, you can't but yeah, even it's buy nothing it. is free. But and the tit talc is just be you'd be manufacturing 
I like the way I'm doing this all the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful it just, helps, it just helps me. I've it become just, slightly distracted. You're sort of kneading your yeah. own bosom. <laughs> it's kind of it's quite fleshy. Have you found anything in there? No, there's nothing coming out. Um, mm. Well, or a, t- a finger that can travel through time is not that useful either. Well, not now you've tabled the idea of genitals that can travel <laughs> yeah. through time. Uh, I think, yeah, they would go for those. Yeah. You? I'd go finger. Yeah. yeah. Not penis. Penis wasn't an option. Penis was an amusing adjunct. Oh, okay. I'm trying to take this yeah, question then. seriously. Okay. Finger travel time. It's good. I think it'd be, I think it'd be good. Uh, and uh, what is your favourite question you've ever done on Answer Me This? Uh, that one, of course. Yes. Good. Uh, you know, it's one of those weird things, like literally your mind goes blank when someone says, what's your favourite question? Because we've done thousands and thousands. The ones that I remember, and I don't remember the details, but I remember the guy who wrote to us to say, and I guess the question was something like, is it weird that I dot, dot, dot. Uh, he kept a little, um, I, I guess, kind of container of jizz by his bedside table yeah. and used it as hair gel to woo women. <laughs> to woo women? Yes. Apparently, yeah, because apparently the, cologne. It, it asserts a pheromone. I've kind heard of that, but you don't, need, said to, it you don't need to him. keep it in, by the bed. You've got it in your testicles. Well, yeah. <laughs> to, you have to I, keep a congealing pot of spunk by the. I'll just keep that by the bed for times I can't be bothered to ejaculate on my own I think, for some fresh semen. I think history has congealed this in your mind, Ollie. I'm not sure he said that he keeps it in a container. I think he might have supplied it fresh each time and diluted it into a spritz. Correct, yes. Thank he, you. That's right, he added water into a spritz so that he could spray it as uh, cologne. Anyway, it stuck in and my mind. And he said it worked. My, my, friend, my friend Ewan did claim that, he said. That so disgusting. Some sperm behind the ear. Yeah, sounds <laughs> great. the way to attract women. It sounds irresistible. Who are sniffing around <laughs> your ear. Mm. It's not number one on a list of tips, is it? That's I, the thing. You've I gone quite far down the list, I think. And by it the smells time quite bad as well. Yeah. I mean, even if there is like some pheromone effect beyond mm. what you can smell, mm. the smell of semen, it's like, you might as well just dab a raw potato on your face. <laughs> Apparently that is good for your face. <laughs> is it? There's a greasy spoon around the corner from my flat that um, it, it really smells quite jizzy. I think it's just because of the bleach they use, but it's very off-putting. Yeah. But they do give you an extra egg. <laughs> and then some. I went, I went there. No, they do. I went there the other day, and um, I'm on a bit of a health kick. Yeah. So I thought I'd go to Seaman Cafe and I'd order English breakfast, no bread, uh, no hash browns. Yeah. And I think the guy just thought, oh, that's not really much of a breakfast. You've only got two eggs, beans, mushroom, extra egg for free. Yeah, three eggs. That's what you need, isn't it? Who yeah, wants but... three eggs though? No one wants three eggs. Yeah, but eggs aren't too unhealthy. I mean, they're unhealthy if you eat a lot of eggs, but they're not yeah. very calorific, really. Mm. Well, there you go. <laughs> they're full of protein. They're very good for you. And there's semen, though. So Do you, yeah. it sounds Do you like have a favourite question, that. Helen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this guy wrote to us saying uh, he was the only dad that took his little kid to nursery school. Oh, yeah. And he got really sick of the other mums asking where his partner was. So he said that she was dead. And uh, so then everyone was paying it, saying, oh, I'm so sorry. And, and, then, and then his partner said, I haven't heard from the school mums for ages. I'm going to give them a ring and invite them now. <laughs> He's like, what do I do? <laughs> he reported back he was in shitloads of trouble. Actually, that reminds me, Richard, I have yes. with me the only question you have ever sent answer me this. Oh, really? Did I Apart that? from please remove me from your mailing list, which is not a clear question. Do another question mark on the end. Oh, we also... Um, uh, there was someone who went on a ski trip with uh, a fr- family friends who were also a family, and they w- walked in on the dad kissing his daughter, and they didn't know what to do about that. But I think there the damage is so, being so, done elsewhere. So these are sometimes we're going through our mail, and you're like, that's not a question you ask a comedy podcast. <laughs> we're not even remotely equipped to deal with well, that like question. Well, like kissing, kissing, or just kissing. Yeah, we didn't. I... 
There was one we didn't feature. We put it on our website, but this guy wrote in saying that he he gets really flat out drunk. And he set up a webcam in his room because when they had house parties, things went missing. And on ten separate occasions, he saw his fiancé's best friend come in and have sex with him. Yeah. Well, that was our reaction. With, with him while he was insensible. It was extraordinary. And uh, he was like, what do I do? Do I tell my fiancé I don't want to create bad blood for the wedding? And I thought, you've been severely sexually assaulted, isn't that? <laughs> Why is that not your first thought? I can, I can only imagine... I can Why are you only not giving the video to the police since <laughs> you have a video? When you're writing Samaritans, Google somehow auto-prompts you to our website. I don't know. But anyway, this is what you sent us via our mutual friend Matthew Crosby. Oh, yes. You know, on the 10th of November 2007. Do you have any no, no, no. <laughs> My question is, Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Where do you get your crazy ideas from? <laughs> Now, do you know why you asked it? There's a story. I think I always ask uh, that to all comedians. I, I asked it to Richard Pryor. That's the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tragically, so... I used this question when given the rare opportunity to ask Richard Pryor a question just before he died, and he didn't spot it as a joke and merely answered, from the things I observe in life, <laughs> I felt embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't... Said, because I had one... And then he died shortly. I had one yeah. opportunity to... <laughs> You know, ask Rich Pro, and I thought he would get it. I thought he'd get that every stand-up comedian gets asked that, as yeah. every podcast gets. You would never be asked what I just asked you, and then, but he didn't get it as a joke. So he, I thought, I thought he'd be, yeah, well done, mate. I thought I'd get a little wink from Richard Pro and make him laugh. But he did have a lot of crazy him. ideas. In, in fairness to you, <laughs> it would be interesting to know where some of those came from. Probably drugs or something. But it's it's like the worst question you can ask a comedian because it's just well, about say something funny. Well, yeah, it is that as well, but it's just because. You you know you don't there isn't really a, a process by which you get your ideas you just get your ideas every now and again mm. from observing things in life yeah, yeah. or something happens or something strikes you mm. it's not an interesting look it's not interesting yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not an interesting answer so we me and Stu always used, when we were asked we always used to say we copied them from the goodies <laughs> we said we, we we copied the goodies and just changed one of the nouns and, <laughs> and why did you only have one question with Richard Pryor? Because it was, it was some guard, you know, it's like the Guardian or the Observer or something had got some comedians to ask him one question each. Oh, I see. So it, was, it, was, it wasn't directly to his face; it was emailed to him. I, you know, I don't know. He's what not going to get irony that way. I know, I did, and I didn't. It's I don't good. know what I expected him to do. Really, if he yeah. even if he got it, go, yeah, well done. Yeah, prick. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, it's pretty nice that he answered it politely. But I just feel like I wasted. Five to ten seconds of his valuable remaining time on earth. You should have asked him if he thought that if you put jizz on his cologne, it would bring in women. I, I would have, if I if I could travel back through time and get my finger onto the keyboard. That is yeah. what I will ask. If you ever get to host the Oscars, I'm going to bum you to death. That's what you should have asked. I should. Um, let me see. Oh, and, and, and this is a good. This is a good story from Answer Me This that I've got to ask you about. Well, how you became a big hit in Luxembourg. Oh, that is an old story. Yeah. Retro. Uh, should, do you want to do this or shall I? I'll go ahead. That, that, that was oh, go ahead, but it did sound a bit like I'll, I'll go, go ahead, ahead did, didn't yeah. it? So it was an awkward it was moment. Uh, okay, so uh, back in 2007, when we were trying to make a name for ourselves as podcasters... Before you'd even taken up the medium, I Richard, was, was. imagine. Yeah, yeah before, you, before I was even a dream in your bumming's eye. <laughs> um, before you were even his mortal enemy, <laughs> We realised that we were kind of maxed out in the UK in terms of the podcast chart. Like, all the stuff that was in the chart was, was BBC, uh, or in, in those days, Channel 4 Radio. Remember those? Oh, God, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, anyway. We showed them, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> so we realised that the only way we could get into the iTunes chart was if we went to a country 
which frankly had fewer people downloading podcasts. And at the time, for tax reasons, remember this is pre-apps, apps didn't exist, so there are only something like 20 iTunes stores in the world. At the time, the world's smallest iTunes store with its own uh, podcast department was Luxembourg. Right. So we went to Luxembourg, uh, and Helen baked some cookies, and we gave out some cookies in the market. The busking, and do you know what? In Luxembourg, they do not like on-street tomfoolery at <laughs> all. They hate it. So we're giving them out these free gingerbread men because it was just before Christmas, and you've never seen a diplomat look more cross. <laughs> it, was, um, it was humiliating. But anyway, but it worked, because we yes. got to number three the next day. <laughs> we got to number three in Luxembourg, and that was, that was our springboard, actually, into the UK iTunes chart. Because yeah. actually, not that so much as a ridiculous, oversized sort of box of chocolates that we left in the dodgy cubby hole, which is iTunes in Luxembourg, because as I say, it's only an address for tax purposes. Somehow that chocolate box managed to get back to the head of podcasts Actually, in the UK. We left a large Christmas card, but they did not forward on the chocolates. Oh, it was just the card that got back, yeah. was it? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, that, then from so that we got featured. Your way in. Yeah, basically, yeah. 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 So that's what you need to do, Richard, if you I really do. want to make it in this business. Go, uh, to, Luxembourg. go to Luxembourg. It's the star maker. I will. And also, this is interesting as well, because I don't think this probably has ever happened in the history of broadcasting. You both went to St. Catherine's College, Oxford. Yes, God, there's no way we haven't and, mentioned uh, that. And, and you're the only other remotely famous person. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. Which is the, it's basically the comprehensive school on the edge of Oxford <laughs> that they mainly let comprehensive... It looks like a comprehensive school. Remember when and you were comprehens- asking about brutalism? Yes. There are elements. There, there are, there are. And so all the comprehensive kids basically go to that one and aren't allowed to join in with the rest of <laughs> the rest of Oxford. Yeah. Is that how you found it? I, I left after that. I mean, I stayed there. I was still there, but I didn't like it. Uh, Did you actually, like it? We, we both quite liked it, we didn't a, we? We had, yeah. a, we had a very pleasant time, but we Did, went there uh, after you. people talk about me a lot when... Uh, there's well, there's a kind of statue hewn out of concrete. <laughs> they say this thing in Latin before every meal, but it's something about Richard Herring. I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, but you're right. There was a, the, I think the only other properly famous person is... Uh, I think A.A. Milne had some connection. but he, he, In the old days, that's yeah, before. But that was before the building existed. Yeah. Emily Woof from... Was uh, Emily Woof at Cats? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. People have gone quiet and upset because we're talking about going to Oxford yes. University. Yes, <laughs> I know. But that's pretty, un- that's pretty unlikely because St. Cats is a shithole. Uh, no <laughs> I, one comes out of it. Well, I think maybe Matthew Pinson went to St. Cats. Yes, he did, yeah. He came to a special dinner event when we were there did and he? everyone my, felt his medals. Yeah, my friend pinched his bum as well. She said it was rock hard. Yeah. Alice Eve, who got her tits out in the last Star Trek, she went to St. Cats. Did she? Yeah. <laughs> And it's meant- good that that's what uh, <laughs> what you remember for, but I didn't know that, so I will. It's worth watching. I definitely will go okay. back and watch that. Yeah. So again, get the pause. It's around <laughs> the same time as Lee Ryan's cock. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just about. Just she's about nice, Alan. Alan Eve. She's, she's uh, yeah. Trevor Eve's daughter. Yes. She is. And she's tertiary educated. And uh, from and the, the woman from the uh, from the Gold Blend adverts, her mum. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. I could, I could do your show. <laughs> <laughs> Facts about Alice Eve, our new podcast. <laughs> we found out a lot about Alice Eve's breasts. Could yeah. one of them squirt uh, talcum powder? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past it, Richard. It is a phenomenal thing. I, did, I hadn't watched that. When I, even when I interviewed Simon Pegg, I hadn't watched that uh, Star Trek. Oh, it's good. Yeah. And I don't like uh, all that sci-fi stuff. No. I'm saying that despite the fact Robert Llewellyn's coming on in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you like <laughs> boobs, though. Did that make up for the sci-fi? I, I really enjoy Star Trek, yeah. It's really fun, the new ones. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't watched it. Anyone else seen it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, fuck you. <laughs> if you had to go, I'm, we're going to have to wrap up soon. But if you have you got an idea, if you were on Dragon's Den, my idea is a dog is just for Christmas. You may have heard it. Have you got <laughs> Have you got an idea for Dragon's Den? It's a really hard question. Just yeah, 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 a drug to put to sleep the dogs that you've given just for Christmas. <laughs> uh, I 
I always have these ideas. Yeah. But now you've put me on the spot. I know, I that's what I did. I thought yeah. of it last week. I thought this is a great emergency yeah, question, yeah, but yeah. I couldn't think of any until no, I went and looked them up. I've got them written down. Oh. But, but, but. Yeah. Even though I don't know what the idea is, I know that I would want Deborah and Peter going 50% each. <laughs> yeah. No other combination of dragons is worth it. That new one, Piers Linney, are you joking? <laughs> Prove yourself. Don't just expect me to give you 30% of my company. No one knows who you are. Don't just sit there twiddling your ring, looking all serious. I, th- I think I would pitch gyms for adults that are just like kids' playgrounds. Oh, that's good. I think people would like that, wouldn't they? I would like that. That was good. I, I, when, uh, a few years ago, I was going out with someone who had a, a young son, and we went to one of those ball pits together. And like, well, you, The adults weren't really allowed to, you know, like all the climbing frames and mm. stuff. Yeah. The adults weren't really allowed to go on, but they had to go in and help him because he got stuck. And it was brilliant. I mean, not that he got stuck. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the idea of a tiny child stuck in a climbing frame is not brilliant to me no. but it was, good to, it was good to go and climb around it because my mum and dad would never let me do stuff like that really were they risk averse they just were, we, we never really went and did anything we just we grew up in, I grew up in Cheddar in Somerset it was, there you've was got the gorge there was Cheddar Gorge that was go and look at stalactites Cheddar Gorge is brilliant and uh, yeah we went, my, I always wanted to go on a bouncy castle I never went on to a bouncy castle until I was uh, 19 or 20 years old it's a bit late by then <laughs> then I was thrown out of the children's playgroup <laughs> it was actually at uh, Oxford University Ball oh god I can hear Kelly Hoppen listening to this and being unimpressed. <laughs> I don't think she's going to invest. I was bouncing on a bouncy castle with Rowan Pelling, who went on to be the editor of The Erotic Review. But I Inspired tell you, by that experience? I don't know. Nothing very erotic happened, unfortunately, despite everything, or my best attempts. I, I really feel I've lost the audience, so I think didn't realise I went to Oxford University until... <laughs> But I got there from a comprehensive school in Cheddar, where people are, that is really, that's like being in the Middle Ages, and by being clever, so. That's, that's upset you as well, hasn't it, that I am secretly clever, I've hidden that away. We will, um, if you, um, if you had to have sex with an animal, Ollie Man, if you had to, yeah. if Helen was being held hostage and they said we're going to kill... Oh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do gonna, anything if I was so being held hostage. If your girlfriend was being held hostage by me... If they said you get to come on Queen Elizabeth I <laughs> rough if you do this yeah. thing. Yeah. Which animal would you have sex with if you could have sex with any animal? Giving or it's receiving. really thinking about it. I know, I am thinking. This, you can answer this question as well if you Thanks. wish. But, yeah, is it, is it a give, giving or receiving situation? Whatever you want. Oh. Providing that no one would get hurt. <laughs> Stingray. Because <laughs> they do mimic the feminine vulva anyway. Mm. <laughs> in, what, in what way does a stingray mimic? You go on Google Images, Richard. It's, it's well, plain for not, anyone to see. It's one of those like parrots, you know, copying what people say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that, what, is that how they got a Steve Irwin? <laughs> uh, I think mountain bear is what I would go with. Mountain, mountain bear. bear. Female mountain bear. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> not going to bum a bear, are you? <laughs> not again. <laughs> all, all three of your, your fantasy sexual partners have been quite scary. Rebecca Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth and I'm Queen Elizabeth I. Would it yeah. be a ginger mountain bear? <laughs> With a rough. A mountain bear that looks like it could have edited the news of the world. Yes. That is my fantasy. Okay, you got me. Good. That is dangerous. Yeah. What's your one? Um, uh, the Akapi. Oh, yeah. I was going to go for the Akapi, just because then you're kind of getting three animals in one. It's good value. Well, that is true. I mean, have you seen their tongue? 
No. Ooh. I that was. I tell you, I chose the carpi before I even saw the tongue. Uh, I just went for the, the. If you look at the carpies from behind, you're like this. Mm. If, you, if you look at the carpi from behind, it in fact looks very like a woman wearing zebra print trousers. Uh-huh. Except with hooves yeah, and a but tail. That's, but that's not. I actually saw some shoes that were you can, women. I saw someone, a woman who had shoes that looked like hooves. I think I honestly think this a lot. I think a lot of men would go for that. Yeah, the hooved woman. Well, just the, on hooves on a woman. I think. I think. Don't you think? Um, don't you think that uh, high-heeled shoes are in a way that they, to make women sort of totter around in a in a way like, a little bit like an antelope that you're going to you know slaughter. you know slaughter and bring down and no. eat. You don't think that? No. Just me then. Just you. Uh, but uh, also then I, then I went and had another look at the akapi. They can lick their. You know, hindquarters with oh. this very long tongue. So you imagine what else they could do. You've chosen wisely, Helen Zaltzman. So have you, Richard Herring? Thank but you. I don't. I don't want to share a carpies with you. <laughs> I want exclusive. It could be, could be out of carpy sandwich. We could be the <laughs> the bread in an a carpy sandwich. <laughs> Waving, high fiving. Yeah, all right. Let's double team in a carpy. When when are you busy? <laughs> With Ollie Man in the in the mountain bear cage near, like ah! <laughs> they look quite. They you look told quite. Told me no one would get hurt. <laughs> look, we're, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. I could talk to you all day. I've got a thousand questions for you. We didn't get. You got badges like I have. Didn't get onto that. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I think we possibly saw the badges on your site and right. copied your oh, supplier did you? for the badges. Yeah. I've only just, oh, did you? I've only just yeah. got the badges. Um, and uh, if people want to send in a question to answer me this, how do they do that? Well, they can discover our email and phone details on our website, answermethispodcast.com. Correct. And it is, despite everything I've said <laughs> about Ollie Mann, luckily Helen Zaltzman is very good. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so, is my, and the ghost, like Martin is good, the ghost Martin is good, it's good having, I wish I had a ghost on this show. Well, imagine what it's like being married to a ghost, Richard. <laughs> I can I do, that's why I wish I had a ghost. A sex ghost is what I, <laughs> that is what I am after. Uh, so, uh, didn't get on the Reader's Digest, you write for the Reader's oh, Digest. I missed the opportunity oh, to insult me about that. Yeah. Could all the sort, and you write short plays about historical figures. Yeah, I used to be a benefits oh. administrator, we Did didn't you? get onto that. I didn't know that. You should, you, so much got, to learn. You've got to volunteer stuff like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause. Helen Zonsman and Holly Man. Answer me this. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guests, Helen Zaltzman and Ollie Mann. Uh, music was by Pess, as usual. It's nice, isn't it? Listen to that. Can you hear it? Thanks to Orange Market, the British Comedy Guard, and all the staff at the Leicester Square Theatre, and Chris Evans. Not that one. Grow up. Of course it's not that one. It was produced by Ben Walker. It's a Fuzz Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production for the internet. Thanks for listening to that show. I hope you enjoyed it. As I say, if you want to give us something back for this free podcast, you can go to gofasterstripe.com slash rhlstp5, rhlstper5, rhlstper5. And uh, you can just donate a little bit of money on a one-off, donate some money a month, or you can buy the video version of this podcast. There's also a podcast called Meaning of Life. Check that out, Richard Herring's Meaning of Life. Uh, again, you can download video and audio of that for free. Go to vimeo.com slash channels slash rhmol for the free video. iTunes and British Comedy Guide for the free audio. There is an option to pay money for that and get a longer version as well at gofasterstrike.com slash rhmol. 
But, you know, just enjoy listening to everything for free, if you like. That is up to you. Please tell your friends about these podcasts if you enjoy them. Thanks for listening. Bye now.